Hey folks, my name is Andy Sado. Welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. And for those of you watching on YouTube, yes, there will be uh, visuals on this episode. This is the second episode where we've had the interview visualized. So you don't just have to listen, you can watch also. And the monologue isn't. So right now you're just looking at a screen of the logo probably. But in a couple minutes when the interview starts... There will be the visual element as well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, please reach out and let me know what you think. Um, we've done over 30 episodes just audio, and since the quarantine's happened, I've been looking for ways to expand and do different things and adjust, as we all have, and one of them for me is I'm starting to video the podcast. So regular listeners, let me know what you think. Um, I'd appreciate that very much. How's quarantine? How is everybody? We're a few weeks in. Are you are you starting to enjoy sitting in your underwear watching TV shows? Are you staying productive? Are you dwindling into nothing because you weren't prepared and you don't have any food? Are you sitting around your house all day eating every snack in sight? That's me. What's going on? Are you making some adjustments? Are there some things that even when we go back to quote-unquote normal that you won't go back to? Are you going to eat out less, perhaps, or maybe commute less for work, or maybe work less in general and spend more time with family? These are things I've I've heard from lots of friends and family over the last few weeks. It's a weird time. And, of course, um, our hearts go out to everybody who's going through um, illness right now uh, with COVID-19. Anybody who knows somebody, um, we're, we're all thinking about you first and foremost. Um, but it's it's just a weird time right now. I don't know, I don't know what else to say about it. Inevitably, in a few days, we are lifting some restrictions. Some folks say it's too soon. Some folks say it's just the right time. Some folks say it should have happened already. I don't know about that. But there there's a, a mixed array of emotions, and and things have things have changed. Some for better, and some for worse. Certainly, but. Here we are, six weeks into it. Um, I myself have been spending a lot of time in the studio. I've been very productive. I've been spending quality time with Allie. I've been cooking. I know how to cook now. That's really cool. You, you don't always just have to put it in the microwave. You can do some other things as well. Um, I want to say a quick thanks to Music Cares. I got a check in the mail for Music Cares, and they, they're saving my rear end on bills this month. Um, I, I filed uh, for a grant, and I got accepted, and my check came in the mail yesterday. Thank you, Music Cares. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting on that government check, but Music Cares, thank you so much. It means a lot. You've helped out so many musicians um, and people in the performing arts, so thank you. Thank you so much for that. My guests today, my guests, plural, are Sarah Shul and Alyssa Montano. They are Longtime friends. They first met in Chicago, and now they both live uh, here in Colorado. And when the quarantine hit, they didn't hesitate. They started a festival right away called the Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival. I had the pleasure of playing on the very first one. Uh, they're on number six right now. It's every Friday on their music page. There's music and visual art streaming pretty much all day. Um. And this, this might not seem unfamiliar at this point because every artist in the world is getting on and putting on a tip jar. Everybody's doing music festivals. 
So you might be asking, what makes this one special? Well, Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival took off. They did it right away. They're well organized. Uh, the people fronting it, Sarah and Alyssa, are really on top of it. And they're doing great things with no ulterior motive for their community. Um, so it's it's growing. It's getting bigger. And they have no intention of stopping what they're doing. It's a really cool thing. They're helping out the community, and they're helping out artists. So if you're listening to the episode and you haven't heard of Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival, tune in on a Friday. You can tune in at pretty much any time. Artists from uh, established artists to just getting started artists to visual artists, so you can buy artwork. It's going on all day, and it's it's great stuff. It's intimate performances all from their page. Please go check it out. Um, what else was I going to say? While I think about it, I'm going to thank our sponsors, Narrator Music, who offers simple and affordable licensing on music for sync. For more information, go to www.narratorrf.com. Also, a big thanks to PQ Mastering, who's been here since the beginning, all 34 episodes. They put the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, you can go to www.pqmastering.com. I've gotten pretty good at doing that. I've done that a few times. Anyway, back to the Virtual Music Festival. Sarah and Alyssa have done uh, great things with their Virtual Music Festival. And in our conversation, we talk about the mental health of musicians, how the festival got started, how they paired up with Arise Music Festival, and what's been happening since then, and also what they plan to do in the future as some of these restrictions perhaps start to get lifted, what's going to continue to happen within their community. This has been one of my favorite episodes, and I love that we're able to, uh, that even though we're far apart, we're able to film it and still see each other's faces. Um, that's a big part of it for me is getting to is getting to hang out. So I love the visual aspect. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah Shule and Alyssa Montano of Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival. Okay, we're going. Alyssa, Sarah, what's happening? Hi, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. <laughs> um, so you guys, I'll, I'll jump. Well, actually, before I jump into it, give give me a little uh, background on you guys individually. Uh, Alyssa, I'll start with you. Where'd you come from and where did you stand in the music scene before all the quarantine madness happened? Absolutely. Um, so I am a middle school teacher during the day. Um, I work in curriculum development and leadership for um, a Denver area school. I teach eighth graders. And my boyfriend is actually a musician in the funk rock group uh, Float Like a Buffalo. And so I've been going to their shows uh, since we met in 2017. And so I am more of coming from the music fan perspective. This um, huge Denver music fan, huge local music fan. Um, most of our hobbies are going to shows and enjoying music and going to single releases. Um, and so the music angle for me started out as just being a really big music fan. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and Sarah, how about for you? Uh, so I have 
like a very long corporate marketing history. And then I started getting involved in music, thanks to Alyssa, honestly. And um, now I work full time in music management and I mostly manage Float Like a Buffalo, but there are a couple of other bands that I do some work with. Um, so that's the angle that I come from. And, and do you have a management company? Yeah, so I, it hasn't been around that long, just since August. It's called Sonder Management, S-O-N-D-E-R. Um, and it's just, it's small. It's just me. Nobody works for me. I, I manage all of that. Awesome. And is that something you're hoping to grow into a, a bigger enterprise or do you want to keep it small with just a few bands? I think I want to keep it small just because I really love to connect personally to what I'm doing. And when you get too many bands under you and you start delegating tasks and putting other people on jobs, you lose that personal touch. So I would like it to grow in reputation, uh, but not necessarily in size. Um I may someday bring on like one or two people I trust, but I always want to have that personal connection to everyone I'm working with. I love that. I love that. And Alyssa, why don't you uh, tell tell the listeners, how, how did you guys meet and how do you know each other? Yeah, that's actually a fun story that I think uh, not a lot of people know about Rocky Mountain Virtual. Uh, we <laughs> met in college when we were 18. Actually, I might have been 17 at the time um, on a shuttle bus in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, at Loyola University of Chicago and a mutual friend was like hey do you want to go to Forever 21 and both of us separately were like yeah we'll go with you and so we met on a shuttle bus like 12 years ago and I actually moved to Denver uh, four years ago for a teaching job the one I have now and we got reconnected and I brought her into the wonderful Denver music scene and that's how that was born but we've been friends since we were 17 18 years old and you met in Chicago, mm-hmm. but now you're both here. And Sarah, are you from here originally then? Yeah, so I'm originally from here, and I just went out there for school. I spent some time living abroad, and then I wanted to come home to Colorado. And then Alyssa followed not that long after. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Holy Family in Broomfield. I knew I recognized you from there. Do you know that I went to Holy Family in Broomfield? What? Yeah, that's when. So- I do. You, you look so familiar. And I just, I just placed it like 10 seconds ago. I graduated what? in 09. Holy cow. I graduated in 08. <laughs> and That's it's a small I, school too. Like my yearbook right there. I'm going to pull it out after we're done. <laughs> Don't do that. My hair is down on my shoulders. <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh. I didn't even know that. Wow. Oh my God. I knew you looked familiar from somewhere and I never placed it until Alyssa told the where you guys know each other from story. And then I I don't know, something just popped up. Wheels started turning. Yeah. Started <laughs> That's turning. crazy. <laughs> holy cow. Such a small world. Usually I say holy family and people are like, where is that? <laughs> I know. It's so tiny. It's it, they've mm-hmm. done all kinds of remodels. I went back for the 10 year reunion. It's a different place now but that's what i've heard i get the newsletter you know the one where they ask you for money oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i see all the cool things they're doing but i haven't been back there recently yeah (laughs) well well, good to to see you again i'm sure we bumped shoulders in the hallway a bunch of times Um, you know or gym class or something who knows (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um well so you guys started this thing rocky mountain virtual music festival when 
we all had to stay at home and stop performing. And, and I remember for me, because that's my, uh, between teaching and playing, that's my full-time gig. I remember that first weekend where people were talking about it. And you're like, my gigs aren't going to get canceled. And then the next Friday, like all your gigs got canceled. Um, and you guys, it just seemed like all of a sudden had something going. And there's been a lot of online things that have gotten started, whether it's individual musicians putting out Venmo tip jars or festivals doing things. But you guys got started immediately and it caught on immediately. Talk about the festival a little bit. And Alyssa, I'll go to you uh, Go to you first since Sarah and I just shared a bunch of uh, common <laughs> stuff. Um, how did it get started and, and how did it take off right away? Yeah, so uh, it was Tuesday morning and I remember because it was St. Patrick's Day uh, and I remember being in the house kind of thinking back to Chicago St. Patrick's Day parades and, and thinking to wearing green to school and how my students were at home and I got a text from Sarah that was like, I have an idea. And she called me and she's like, let's do an online virtual festival with Float Like a Buffalo, with Grand Bit of the Painters, with Elder Grown, bands that we know, bands that we love. And it was maybe a 30 minute conversation. And we had a Facebook page. We had a graphic designer on already whipping together graphics. Um, and it was kind of one of those, we were both standing on the edge and it was like, should we, should we do it? And it was kind of like, we would push the other one and the other one would step back. And finally it was like, you know what? Let's, let's just do it because if nothing else, it's just a platform for musicians to have that gig again, right? Like as so many gigs were canceled, I remember looking at my notification screen and it just being canceled, canceled, canceled as all the venues started doing that. Um, and then I'll let Sarah speak to kind of the development of week one into how we kind of got to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's exactly right. I was actually, I woke up that morning and I was not like in the greatest place because with Foot Like a Buffalo, I had spent eight months of my life planning a national tour. We got two stops into it and we still had that same mentality of like, we're going to go, we're going to do this until we can't anymore, till it's not safe, till someone gets sick, whatever, we're doing it. We've planned this for so long and then we woke up the second morning or the third morning after the second show and within two hours, like our next four shows had canceled and we had already lost South by Southwest and all of these things. And so I was already feeling just bummed and so uncertain of what was coming for gigs. And um, I was on the phone with a friend of ours from a band out of Boulder and he was saying, um, you know, because they rely fully on gigs to make a living they're very successful at it there they went from fine to nothing and so I was like we just have to do something about this and of course um you know we had done some work with Foot Like a Buffalo with trying to get live streaming started right away um and we came up with like a couch tour so the wheels just started turning this could be part of their couch tour so we got them on and then you know, we were able to call our friends, like she said, Graham Good, Sam Kelly from Eldergrown, all these people to hop on board. And it really, I mean, we had our whole thing set almost right away because everyone was so excited to be a part of it. And then there was a lot of 
faith in there with like, I, I know how Facebook works. I know how Facebook Live works, but I don't know if it's going to work in this capacity. So basically what we did is we just got ourselves prepared as we possibly could. And then I remember waking up in the morning thinking this will either be something amazing or it'll fall flat on its face. And it went amazing, thankfully. I think we had zero issues that day, which is nuts. Um, yeah, and, and like Alyssa said, we were the whole timing of it all and having it going right away. I remember us making the Facebook and we saw like similar things popping up and we were like, now have to go now, right this second. So we did and right place, right time. Everything just came together and worked out. And then since then we've been working on just fine tuning that and turning it into a better community. In that first week, uh, I'll go back to you, Alyssa, that first week, um, was it somewhat of a logistical nightmare because you, you had to, and I was on the first week, I remember everybody got access to the page and I meant everyone's, what do we do? Uh, how does this going to work out? Was there, were the logistics tough to work out at first or did they just kind of fall into place? Um, so one of the interesting things that I bring to the table uh, for Rocky Mountain Virtual is the logistical nightmares to normal people. Uh, I actually love I love data trackers. I love schedules, uh, just that teacher brain in me. Um, and so like I, we attacked it with my logistical like data analysis standpoint, Sarah's, um, experience with working with bands and sending out set times and doing sound checks. Um, and so we planned as much as we could. And then I think kind of just crossed our fingers and wanted to enjoy some good music. Um, and I would say like, after that, we really have a pretty fine tuned, system in place uh logistically that if you know if everyone's reading the emails and if everyone's on the same page like it should work but you know technology sometimes doesn't cooperate but logistically i have fun with it but that's me that's a rare <laughs> breed yeah eighth grade teachers yeah <laughs> right right there you go um and and being on that first week i had i had that the second or third slot so it was very fresh um, for everybody at that point in my set had between, um, I think 60 and 80 ish people the entire mm -hmm. time. I didn't know what to expect. Um, and as I've been doing live streams through the weeks, I have days that are hits and I have days that are misses. It's just how it goes. Even if it's on someone else's page or on mine. Um, but there was consistently what I thought was a lot of people in, in a live stream and they were constantly interacting the whole time. Every time I ended a song, I had 10 new comments and it made it really fun uh, from an interaction standpoint. And I know a lot of other artists have had that same experience. Um, how did you guys have, have that many people jumping in on the first day? And did you have a few people that, that you said, hey, I need you to come in and comment in all the sessions to get the ball rolling? And Sarah, I'll go to you for that. Um, so we've kind of talked about this a lot because we were also blown away by the level of engagement and viewership. Um, and what we kind of think is, you know, we just had the perfect storm, especially that first week of great bands, great artists that people know who have a community and a devoted following. And people were just, there was so much uncertainty still. The internet wasn't inundated with live streams. And it was kind of the place to be that weekend for live 
music. So, um, you know, I think that's why it gained such traction that first week. And we had, I mean, we had nine news, we had Fox 31, Westward 303, 5280 reached out. Like we had all of this interest that let all these people know that maybe wouldn't normally know. Like I don't watch nine news every day, but the people who watch nine news probably have no idea that you can live stream a festival online. Mm. Um, so I think all of it came together just in the perfect way. What do you think, Alyssa? Yeah, I think the same. I think the first week was, oh, this is new. Um, I know there is a NoCo Live from Home show that uh, does a similar thing on a Saturday and there are local musicians that run it. And they established, I think, around the same time that we did and uh, two women behind that festival as well. And I don't think that there were really any other festivals at the time that were doing the, the on the scale that we were. Um, and so I think we honestly didn't text anybody uh, to no. the comment, comment. I think it was like, we shared it, we encouraged people to, and we tried to kind of get that dialogue going with like, where's everyone watching from and stuff like that. But for the most part, like that was all organic. And a lot of the, the comments are pretty organic, um, which yeah, is really we, cool. We don't really like have a ton of time to spend on that anyway. You know, we, it's such a quick turnover planning a festival every week. And especially that one, we had three days to put it together. And so we were doing a million other things and hoping for the best kind of thing. Not, you know, we, we didn't even have time to think about generating interest on our own side like that. Wow. That's it. It just popped together then very, very well. Mm -hmm. the, and, and you guys just did a marvelous job of, of, uh, of putting it together. I, I just had an amazing experience with it and I've tuned into other people's, uh, since then. It's always a good time. There's always people commenting. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. We're so glad you were a part of it. <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate you having me. Um, and and along those lines, how do you how do you decide who goes? At this point, every local musician knows about it. Are you guys getting submissions? Is there a process? Do you guys do a weekly draft? What's and uh, uh, Alyssa, I'll go up to you for that. Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways uh, that we choose the musicians. Um, we, starting in week two uh, into week three, um, Arise Music Festival reached out to us um, and was they were really interested with what we were doing. And um, so they sponsor the festival um, and they've given us just amazing tips and amazing um, advice and feedback on um, what it takes to make a music festival successful. And so taking those tips into mind and then taking in the music fan perspective taking in Sarah's management perspective. So there is a Google form that's like an official form that people fill out. And so when people message the page, we will usually just say like, thank you so much for reaching out. Here's the Google form. Like here's what it takes to make, um, to make that form complete. And then at the same time, I watch music pretty much anytime I'm not teaching. And so I will find live streams and pretty much Sarah and I've gotten into a a fun little habit of just tagging each other in random live streams. So I know like if Sarah Shul mentioned me in a comment, I need to go check out that artist. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll reach out and we've had some that are like, oh my gosh, I love what you guys do. And then we've had some that are like, I haven't heard of this. Tell me more. Right. Um, and so it's kind of all over the board of how we find um, those musicians. We also have people that apply um, or that refer people. So 
you know, Ryan Chris, that I know you know from the Rough Cuts, uh, he sent us a few names and said, look, I had so much fun. Here's some of my buddies that are in bands as well that would love to be a part. Um, so it's kind of, we're in week six now. So we're starting to kind of get that, those feelers out where after the artists complete their set, they're like, cool, how can I get more of my friends involved in this? I love that. Yeah, and we, we um, what we're looking for in a good submission is pretty simple. Um, we want you to have a good video, good internet, good audio, um, you know, be put together like you would at a show, uh, present yourself well, and put material out there that is entertaining to people that will hold them. Because at the end of the day, we are a music festival and we are putting something out there on the internet that we want people to enjoy. And that does not mean that you need to go spend a thousand dollars on equipment. There are simple things you can do to make your space more professional, present yourself online like you would at a show without spending a ton of money. Um, because we're, we really are about the community and about getting people's music out there um, and making people that are watching happy in the process. And, and to, to continue on that, um, what are some, for any local musicians that might be watching or listening, what are some things um, that artists can do to make their live stream appealing to a festival like your guys's? Um, in terms, so, it could be in terms of audio or, or visual or anything. Yeah. So, um, a, a big part of it is really thinking of it. Like you would think of a ticketed show. You want to dress nice. You want to spread the word as if you're selling tickets to get your viewers in. Having a history of successful live streams with viewers is a huge help. Um, just like I would ask any band, like, what's your draw in Denver? We want to know what your live stream draw is. Um, creating a performance space, since you don't have a stage, you want to make your performance space feel not like your living room. You know, it should feel special. There should be art on the walls, light some candles, light it well. Um, make sure we can see and hear you. And then as far as audio, you know, um, not having your computer too close to you so it's distorting your sound. If you have professional equipment, that's great. If you don't, there's nothing wrong with an acoustic set. But what we tell everybody is test it, play, record, and then watch it and make sure it's what you want because you know your music better than we do. And we don't claim to be audio people by any means. We're more music fans than anything. Right. Um, so if you listen to it and it's up to your quality standards, then submit it. Awesome. Um, Alyssa, will you talk more about your guys' partnership with Arise? I know it was mentioned briefly, uh, but how did that conversation start and what all have they brought to the table? Yeah, so they've been amazing. Um, I personally am an Arise Music Festival fan and alum. Uh, we went last year and it's just one of my favorite weekends. Uh, and so I was telling Sarah about when I came back, I mean, she probably heard me say, Arise, you got to go next year. You, you and Corey have to go next year. Um, and so they actually reached out uh, via social media um, and wanted to know more about what we were doing. And very quickly, we were in phone conversations with John March, uh, who's the producer of Arise. And he uh, just kind of wanted to know more of what we were doing and really liked uh, the project that we brought to the table. And so 
Um, officially, they are our sponsor, um, but they also just give us, you know, tips and tricks on producing um, because we've transitioned from in five weeks to music fans and a music manager to festival producers. Um, and so he will, you know, he's recorded demos for us to see what a successful live stream um, does create. They have um, one of their, uh, their managing or um, marketing manager um, has worked with high, high level festivals, has a lot of experience in the festival world. Um, they have professional videographers on staff that are making those really cool videos, the intros and the outros, um, and then also helping with talent. Um, so Sarah Nimitz from uh, Postmodern Jukebox that was on last week, um, she was absolutely incredible, and that was a close personal friend of John. Um, and so the owner, Luke Homer of Arise Music Festival, um, they've been talking about um, how to help us and how we can help them. And um, it's just been a really fun partnership that, you know, five weeks ago, I would have never guessed that I would be producing a music festival and working with Arise. And I am like music fan geeking out over here. And <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like we've been learning so much, mm -hmm. uh, which is just really cool. And I know Sarah probably has similar thoughts. Oh yeah, I mean, they've just been totally instrumental in helping us um, cut through all of the noise a little bit. Like I'm so, I think that we finally are the people that deserve the internet that we have because we're finally all using it for, for good to put music and art out there and to help people and to communicate important information. And so with that, now there's live streaming everywhere all the time. And they've been really instrumental in helping us figure out how we can grab the, the best talent, how we can shine a light on local music and still cut through that noise and um, bring it to people who are interested. Um, and yeah, like, like Alyssa said, Shannon, uh, who does marketing for Arise, you know, we talked to her multiple times a week and she just has so many ideas and they share our stuff on their end and they just bring so much visibility, so much experience um, and so many resources that we just don't have to the table. Well, you guys have really done something and, and it's affected a lot of people. You guys have really taken a, a kind of a crappy situation, right, in general. Uh, what's going on and created something positive for a whole lot of different people and for a, a festival to jump on like that and you have every artist in town wanting to get on it um, and out of town now too it's a it's a uh, it's a really cool thing um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the future of it because uh, as you guys know some of some of the restrictions are being lifted uh, I think starting on April 27th which is just a few days away uh, and it'll just be a couple of days after this airs. So inevitably some things will start to change and we don't know if that means normal or normal in six months or whatever. Um, and Alyssa, I'll jump back up to you. What are, what are your guys' plans in the coming weeks? Um, I don't think musicians are going back to work yet. Um, but what's, what's coming up next? Yeah, so as far as the future of like Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival, by Arise Music Festival, we we plan to keep going. You know, we like Sarah and I've talked about like venues, even if stuff starts to go back to normal, venues are not opening up right away. Um, and so 
even though some smaller venues may open, you know, we still plan on continuing this. Um, and we have some new ideas for how that might look different um, as far as, you know, I think we're not quite sure yet. Uh, but we also want to make sure that like, even above support of the community, like safety is first. And so we were super explicit week one that, because um, at that point we were in the 10 and under phase of things. And so it was like, you know, float like a buffalo, seven people, plus the sound guy, plus the owner, and like, that's it. And so um, being really explicit that bands need to stay safe. And so for this week, everyone's still performing from their houses. Um, and then, you know, we'll begin to explore what that looks like from a safety standpoint. Um, and so maybe it's back to that week one where Elder Grown and Silver and Smoke perform together, but from their house. Um, and we don't want to take any risks. Um, we don't want anyone to get hurt. We don't want anyone to do anything that they feel unsafe. And so, um, yeah, I think Sarah, do you have anything to add? Yeah. I think no, I, I think that's absolutely right. And you know, the future is just so uncertain. I was sitting in the kitchen talking to Corey about it last night. Um, Cause from a music manager perspective, I'm sitting here trying to plan what we're going to do next and when we can actually do that. We've rescheduled shows that might be rescheduled again, who knows. Um, and just having that uncertainty, like we have no idea what's going to happen. We just know that we're going to do our best to bring the festival forward and keep supporting that community through whatever phases we have to go through to get back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't want to start any rumors here, but is there a chance at some point in the future, 2021 or something that you guys might turn into uh, a not virtual music festival at some point? I don't know. I've said expected. <laughs> yeah. We have no idea to be honest with you. That'd be super cool, but who knows? And, you know, I would, I would love to get everybody together because it's so funny that, you know, since uh, everything happened, I've seen Luke, who is a member of Float Like a Buffalo, and then no other musicians that have been on our roster. Like, you and I have never met in person. Sarah Nimitz and I have never met in person. John from Arise, Shannon from Arise, Luke from Arise. Like, we have never shaken hands. And so I think I would love to do, you know, just like a little get together of like, hey, in person, here's who we yeah. are. Um, yeah, but I think the future is so unexpected that who knows? I mean, we created a music festival in three days, so you never and we know. can't believe we're even here right now. <laughs> so who knows where we'll be in another six weeks, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, is there anything else, uh, and I'll, Sarah, I'll start with you, Sarah, is any, anything else you guys want to add about, about anything? Um, I would just say that uh, we couldn't have done any of this without the musicians, artists, and the people attending the festival. We, you know, I work on social media a lot for bands, and I have such an ingrained fear of the negativity that comes along with social media. And so I had a lot of fear about that with this festival, but there's been no negativity. People came together in the positive community that we were hoping this would turn into. Everybody's supportive, everybody tunes in, everybody follows the rules and really makes it this beautiful place to be. And we wouldn't be here without any of that. So we're very, very grateful for everybody who watches and everyone who takes part. Absolutely. And do you have anything to add to that, Alyssa? 
just the same, you know, my heart goes out to all the musicians out there. Um, I am lucky enough to get to work from home. Um, and I know we're just trying to help musicians be able to do the same in some capacity, but it really does just take a share, a comment, a like, um, you know, follow the artists, buy merch if you're able, tip if you're able, go follow Arises page, follow some of their artists, follow the live painters. Um, I actually ordered, I've ordered two things from artists on our festival. Uh, I ordered <laughs> earrings and I ordered prints from our live painter, Laura McGowan, last week. Um, and so just support however you can. And that looks different for different people. Um, but share it and tip when you can and encourage your friends to check it out because it's all been word of mouth um, via social media. And um, that's how we've created everything is just through Facebook and email and Zoom. Um, and so we're trying to push that as far as we can go because the more viewers we get in a stream, it just benefits the artists, right? Like if you have 80 viewers, those 80 viewers are there, they're captive. If the next set has a wonderful setup and sound, they're going to stick around. And so, yeah. Also, I know that there's like a lot of pressure out there on musicians to do this kind of thing and to be putting out content and to, you know, be on festivals and still be productive. But at the end of the day, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's hard to deal with. People deal with it differently. Mental health is a real thing. And any musician who's out there who isn't producing, who thinks, oh, I can't do this right now, that's also okay. And we're still a community for you. If you want to dip your toes in or need someone to talk to or anything like that, however you're dealing is 100% fine and we're still here for you. I think it's really great that you brought that up. I know um, everybody's in a different space mentally. Some people have been incredibly productive and are loving it, you know, in term, not the not the pandemic, but the hanging out in the in their studio every day. And some people are um, getting stir crazy and and it's there's all kinds of things in between. So that's a really good point to bring up. And then Alyssa, you brought up something that I, I meant to ask about and realized I forgot. There's also the uh, visual artist aspect of the festival. And I know between the musical acts, there's also a visual artist. Um, how does that work for our listeners um, on the internet? How do you do a visual art show on Facebook Live? Yeah, so the first few weeks we started out with um, what we are calling a visual spotlight. And so we just get to go stock um, Denver artist pages and screenshot things to each other. And we basically reach out and say, hey, we just want to feature you. Um, if you want to be featured, send us an email with your bio and give us permission to share your work and share your favorite images. And so we link in a Venmo for them as well. And we link in like their website so you can purchase from them. And we've started to um, transition to the live painting, which uh, we're both really excited about. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's an aspect that we want to continue growing. Um, and so, yeah, the spotlight's just a post. But the live painters, it's almost just like a musical set where they have a sound check and a visual check. And we, you know, we, we live stream them at their time. And they actually are playing um, either all Colorado music or the Rocky Mountain Virtual Spotify playlist in the background, um, which we link for people to still kind of get another look at people's music. Uh, and then we're hoping to expand into um, some additional forms of entertainment, like possibly yoga classes or just like Q&As with artists. Um, and potentially like the movement art, um, like the hula hoops and the gloves and stuff like that. Awesome. 
Awesome. Oh, so, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something, sir? Um, yeah, so just in addition to that, if there's an artist out there, um, because there's so many, if you're interested in applying, you can also apply on that same form as a visual artist, whether you want to live paint, movement, art, whatever it is, there's a place for you on that form as well. Great. And this episode will air, um, we're, we're talking on the 21st of April, and the episode will air on the 23rd, this Thursday, in just a couple days. And in the show links, um, I'll include uh, a link to that Spotify playlist where you can check out the artists that have played the festival or are about to play the festival, and also a link to the submission process for any artists or musicians who are interested. Um, and anything else, too, I definitely want to link up. Uh, Sonder management page and whatever you guys have send it to me and i'll put it i'll make sure to put it in the show links um, but awesome yeah I, th thank you guys so much and and please let me any know anything i can do to help out whether it's through the podcast or anything it's a great thing that you guys have done for the community and uh, so so from from all the Denver musicians or Colorado musicians and abroad, thank you guys so much um, for what you've done with the festival and, and thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you guys too. And I think like I'll, I'll speak for us, Sarah, uh, like we would love to come back and talk some more on some new developments as that happens. And uh, we'd love to to bring a couple of our Arise friends and we could do a family Brady Bunch Zoom. Yeah. Um, so you I can see that. how we're all virtually working on this without even being in person. I think that would be great. Thank you guys so much. I, I, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you both soon. Awesome. Same. There you have it. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Alyssa. Sure appreciate it. Thanks uh, for everything you're doing for the Colorado music community and beyond. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a rate and review, a five-star rating, please. Otherwise, you know, don't don't bother. Um, and, and say, hey, this podcast is awesome because that helps get more listeners in the future. If you're listening on YouTube, please consider subscribing to the channel. These are going to be going up as videos from now on, I'm hoping. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, death threats, or anything else like that, you can send them to middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. You can send submissions for interviews to the same inbox. That's all for me. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Andy Sido, and this is Middle Class Rockstar.